hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. As you can see, I'm still wearing a white robe, and uh, last week somebody said that I looked really Catholic, and that wasn't the reason why I was wearing it. I was wearing it because it's Easter. And some of you might be thinking, well, Easter was last week, wasn't it? I said, no. See, in the church, we have a season called Eastertide. And this season runs all the way from Easter Sunday, whichever part of the year Easter ends, because Easter moves all around uh, during this time, up until Pentecost. And that's when we, we celebrate the birth of the church. So we, we celebrate, we still celebrate Easter, and, and unfortunately, I think, as a church and as, as people, we, we get to a point where we stop celebrating Easter. It's kind of like Christmas. You know, once that day hits, boom, we're done. But no, as Easter people, as people who celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we should celebrate that every day because resurrection makes things different. So we still say, as we had in our call to worship this morning, we talked about how Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. But what do we do with that? Where, where do we take this, this Easter faith that, that we claim? Well, I hope, my hope and my prayer is that as we move through this message today, we see that as we celebrate being people of the resurrection, we, we hold on to that, not to keep it to ourselves, but we hold on to it so that we can boldly proclaim it so others can experience that resurrection and that new life in their lives. So our scripture for this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, the 14th chapter, verses 15 through 24. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles, or we will have the words up on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. When one of the dinner guests heard Jesus' remarks, he said to Jesus, Happy are those who feast in God's kingdom. Jesus replied, A certain man hosted a large dinner and invited many people. When it was time for the dinner to begin, he sent his servant to tell the invited guest, Come, the dinner is now ready. One by one, they all began to make excuses. The first one told him, I bought a farm and must go make sure that it's ready. Please excuse me. Another said, I bought five teams of oxen and I'm going to check on them. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married so I can't come. When he returned, the servant reported these excuses to his master. And the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go, quickly into the city streets, the busy ones and the side streets, and bring the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. 
And the servant said, Master, your instructions have been followed, and there is still room. The master said to his servant, Go to the highways and back alleys and urge people to come so that my house will be filled. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will taste my dinner. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, as we continue to celebrate Easter, we hear this invitation, this invitation for us to to step into this life that Jesus has, has given to us. So as we hear this word today, Lord, we ask that you just be with us, guide our hearts and minds, and guide me so that your word may be proclaimed. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one of the things about this passage is that at the very beginning, we are are given a, a text that begs us to see what happens before. You know, one of the guests hears Jesus speaking, and he says, happy are those who comes to the banquet feast. Or happier are those who comes and feast in God's kingdom. But when I hear words like that, it makes me automatically see what was going on before this passage. And what was happening at this particular point in time, Jesus was invited to a member of the Pharisees' house. And I I always chuckle whenever I hear that Jesus is going to be with the Pharisees because I'm wondering, man, is that really an invitation that the Pharisees really wanted to make? I mean, did did he, they really want Jesus in or did they feel obligated because of the power that, that Jesus had when he talked? And sure enough, over the next several verses, we hear that Jesus does not disappoint and, and makes the Pharisees just sit there with their jaws dropped. The very first thing, if we look at the beginning of chapter 14, Jesus sees a man who is in need of healing. And he looks at the Pharisees and he says, tell me what, do you think that it is against the law for someone to be healed on the Sabbath. The Pharisees just kind of look around and they don't say anything. And Jesus says, I wonder if, if any of you had a son or a daughter or even livestock that fell into a pit on the Sabbath day, would you rescue him? And with those words, Jesus looked at the man and healed him. So that's the first thing Jesus does before we get to our passage today. The second day as he goes in, he he sits down and he notices all the people jockeying for the best position at the banquet. And Jesus looks at them and says, hmm, I wonder why you try to get the best seat because you're going to be asked to move down to a lower seat which will make you look even worse. But then if you sit down at the lower seats and the master calls you to sit closer to him, you will look better because all who lift themselves up will be brought low and those who make themselves low 
will be lifted up. So that's the second thing Jesus does before we get to our text. And finally, the third piece of information that we have, Jesus is looking around and seeing all of these well-off individuals enjoying this feast. And he looks around and says, I wonder what it would look like that instead if we invited those who were poor, invited those who were sick, invited those who were lame, what would it look like if we invited them to a meal? Because we know that they won't be able to pay us back. But everyone here, you invite the same people to the same parties because you know that they are going to return the favor to you. Blessed are those who reach us out to those who cannot repay. And now we get to our scripture. And I laugh at this part because when we read scripture, we just kind of tendency to just to run right through it. But I'm wondering if at this moment we don't have one of those awkward silence moments. You know what I'm talking about? When you're having a conversation or you're in the middle of a party and something happens and nobody knows what to respond to, that when it gets to that point, you can actually hear a pin drop. And I'm wondering if that is what's happening right here. And this poor gentleman that we hear from at the beginning of the passage is just trying to break up the awkward silence that Jesus has caused. And he says, well, happy are those who, who feasted God's kingdom. And then Jesus starts with our main teaching for today. Jesus is lifting up the, the custom of the time for a banquet to happen. When, when a master wanted to hold a feast, he would send his servants out around the community and invite people to a banquet. Now, they wouldn't give a specific time when the banquet would start to say, we want you to come, and when you come, we'll send our, when it's time to come, we'll send our servants out to tell you that the banquet is ready. So as the servant went around, he got all the RSVPs, and then it was time for the banquet to happen. So the master knows that everything is ready. He's excited to receive all of the guests into the banquet, and he sends his servant out, and we get three reports of people who are turning down the invitation to the banquet. The first two have an excuse that are, are kind of similar, but, but they're also different. They're similar in the fact that when we hear of the excuse, they are talking about something that they're getting ready to do. Well, I'm going to buy some land, so I need to, I, I bought some land, so I need to go check on it. The second one, well, I, I, bought some, I bought some oxen, so I need to go and check on my oxen. They, they're talking about something that they purchased without even looking over. I don't know about you, but when I try to buy something, I want to try to make sure I know what I'm getting. But they waited to this moment so that they had an excuse not to go. Basically slapping the master of the house in the face. No, we don't want to do anything with you. We have something else that is more 
important for us. Well, let's look at a little in depth about what these important things were. First, a man had a, a business where he bought a bunch of land, so he wanted to make sure that it was ready to go. That's like sometimes when we have a, a business or we have work that we know that we have to get done, that we would much rather spend time doing that than accepting what God has for us. We would much rather spend time toiling and working and, and not, not claiming this great gift that we have of God's love and grace. The second one, I, I will have to admit, I really fall into this category. When we talk about the man buying a bunch of oxen, that's like buying a bunch of stuff. And I love stuff. I, I, I try to buy a, a bunch of things, little shiny things that make noise and, and keep me entertained while I'm doing this and that. But, but I'll admit that when I do this, my, my devotion time kind of wanes a little bit. And then I'm, I'm having to hurry to go through my devotions or my Bible studies. That way I'm ready for uh, a, a class or I can get through my daily devotion so I can check that little box off my list. See, when we cheat our time with God for our, our devices or our stuff, we're, we're left empty. We're left without a, something to fill us, something meaningful to fill us. Now, the third one is a hard one because we talk about a man who said that I just got married, so I need to stay with my wife. Now, in the Old Testament, there was a law in Deuteronomy 24, verse 5, that tells us that a newly married man doesn't have to march in battle, neither should, he, should any related duties be placed on him. He has to live free of such responsibilities for one year so that he can bring joy to his new wife. So saying that had this excuse of, well, I can't do it because I just got married, he, he's saying I have to follow the, the Levitical law of, of how to live my life so I can take care of this responsibility. And the fact of the matter, most likely since it was a feast, since it was a banquet, the bride could have gone along with them and they could have shared in the good and joyous thing that the man was invited to. I think this is one of the dangers of Christianity or of our, of our lives now in Christianity. We fill our lives with so many good and worthwhile things that we fail to pay attention to the thing that gives us life and life abundantly. You know, I, I look around and I see that we have so many busy people in our church and in our community with, with sports, with academics, with other, other pursuits that, that, that gives us life, that, that, that makes us feel, feel like we're accomplishing something. But when all is said and done... If you're like me, I, I feel still a little hole in my life because, believe it or not, baseball doesn't fill the hole that God fills. 
Football doesn't fill the hole that God fills. Name your, your good thing that you like to participate in. That doesn't fill the hole that God can fill. See, my friends, what Jesus is doing, Jesus is not calling us to fill our lives with one more thing. That's one of the things that, as a pastor, that I really try to make sure that, that we're being cognizant of. We're not trying to fill your life with one more thing. But what Jesus is calling us to do is to live our lives fully in him so that he may shine in all of the things that you do. We must live our lives fully in Christ so that all that we do, people can say, I see Christ in you. So, now that I said all of that, I'm going to tell you a couple of things that we're doing so you can get involved with. <laughs> you know, thank you for laughing. Um, one of the things that we're doing is that starting next week, we, we're starting a new sermon series called Happy. And we are inviting you to get back together with your community groups that you were a part of back in the beginning of January. And if you're sitting there going, well, Chris, I wasn't a part of a community group. Well, this is a great time for you to start a community group. Think about people in your life who, who need to get connected, who, who need to hear about the love and grace of Jesus Christ. We have a group of friends that we gather on uh, Tuesday nights at our house, and we'll be going over uh, the happy curriculum with them and, and, and studying together and sharing in each other's life. We actually took a couple of weeks, a few weeks off, and Tracy and I were sitting at home uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we're going, man, we really missed that. We, we missed the connection that we had with our friends, and so we're really looking forward to getting started back, back up again with this study. We have curriculum, DVDs, and leader's guides back on this back table that we invite you to take. They're free of charge. You do not have to pay for them, but if you would like to start a community group, please take a DVD, take a leader's guide, and take those home and get people connected so that you can do life together. The second thing that we have coming up, we have our next The Church Has Left the Building Day, and that is on the last Sunday of April, April the 29th, where we will gather together first at 8.30 just for a gathering time. We'll have a, a short worship service from 9 to 9.30, and then from 9.30 until 11.30, we will be out in the community doing work. I've, I even heard today, we might be washing police cars and fire trucks. That, is, that makes me excited right there. But there's a lot of other things that will be a part of. You, you'll see in your bulletin there's a sheet that has a list of some of the activities already. Please take a moment and fill that out and, and place it. Well, let's see. Just give them to me after the worship service, and I'll, I'll, I'll take them and give them to Dana Capone because she's not here at this service. But fill those out so that we can be Christ's hands and feet 
to the community around us. See, we have good news. Just like the banquet that, that Jesus is talking about, there are a lot of great and glorious things that we can do in and through the love and grace of Jesus Christ. I don't want us to miss it. I don't want us to miss this opportunity to be in mission with each other, to love on each other, to love on our community, to let the community know that Royce City First United Methodist Church is for each and every person in our community so that they may be connected to a God who loves and cares for them, the person of Jesus Christ. Would you please pray with me? Dear God, as we conclude our service today, we lift up the opportunities we have to, to join you at this great banquet feast. We thank you for the opportunities and for the grace that you so graciously bestow on us. And as we find ways to make a difference in our community, help us remember that you continue to work in and through us and, and make a difference in our lives so that we may be the grace bearers that you have called us to be. So God, I lift up our church to you. Help us to continue to find ways to look outward so that the grace that flows inside of us can be the grace that flows inside of others. And we pray this in the name of the one who gives us life and life abundantly, Jesus our Lord. Amen.